Welcome to The Common Rounds. Medical education for medical students by medical students. Yeah, so today we're going to continue on with our previous topic, the basal ganglia. And today we're going to focus more about how the basal ganglia works with the pathways. Where does something come in and where does it go and how does it come out of the basal ganglia? Exactly. If you're not sure, um, if you're not familiar with the basal ganglia, go back and have a listen to our episode. It's a very quick introduction Mm. and it gives you a bit of a, um, we're going to use a lot of terminology and we um, sort of define some of those terminologies and structures in the brain. Yes. So... Obviously, there are some inputs going in and there are some outputs as well. Before yep. we go into that, Andy, what is, I think there are four key functions that the basal ganglia is really important for. What are they? Yep. So the four key functions is that one of them is that it helps fine-tune the general motor control. Yep. Another function is that it helps with eye movements. Another one is it helps with cognitive functions. Yep. And also, it could possibly affect emotion. Yeah. Um, it also affects the emotions mm. as well. Yeah. And I'm not surprised because there are a few limbic structures that are closely associated with the basal ganglia. We'll briefly explore some of the other functions, but our primary focus today is going to be on the motor because that's where mm. some of the pathologies are observed. Yes. So let's talk about some of the inputs. Yep. There are really two key inputs that we need to be familiar with. Okay. Um, do you want to go through the first one? Yeah. So one main input into the basal ganglia comes from a a large projection from almost the entire cerebral cortex. Mm. And all of this comes into the striatum. If you remember from our last episode, the striatum is essentially the putamen and the caudate nucleus. Exactly. So these two structures are the main input areas. That's right, yeah. Yeah. And another important, important, really important structure, um, uh, structural input to the the striatum is from the substantia nigra pars compactor, not pars reticular, because remember, substantia nigra is divided into two regions. So it's the compactor. Yep, so it's the compactor. Yep. And we'll talk about why that's important and what's, what are some of the key neurotransmitters because they're involved, involved with pathologies. Mm-hmm. So they're the two important inputs. What are some outputs, Andy? I think there are yep. a number of outputs as well. Yep. So the output areas of the basal ganglia usually arise from the internal segment of the globus pallidus mm-hmm. and also the substantia nigra pars reticula. And so the emphasis is that it's the reticula of the substantia nigra and the internal segment of the globus pallidus. Last episode, I also mentioned that some people think that these two structures could be connected in some way as well. And you can kind of see that both of them are the major outputs as well. So just think of them as related. Exactly. So there are some, they have similar functions, which again, supports that sort of theory. The way I remember this is that a lot of the outputs, right, go Mm -hmm. to the thalamus and the internal segment of the glosus pallidus is the closest to the thalamus. And okay. so a, a way of rem- remembering that is is just because of its location relative to the thalamus. That's yep. So that's the yeah. way I remember it. Yep. And I've kind of already given, given away our first you know clue about the first output. So I mentioned the thalamus, Andy, but are there particularly nucleus that they bind to? Within the thalamus, they go to the ventral lateral mm-hmm. nucleus as well as the ventral anterior nucleus of the thalamus. Yeah. And if you cast back to our podcast on the thalamus, you'd realize that these two nucleuses are the major motor um, nuclei where they project into the motor, uh, primary yep. motor cortex or other motor cortex that's as right. well. So it's all linking together. Yeah, exactly. It's a mm. piece of the puzzle that's coming together. Now, it doesn't just go to the, uh, and obviously, sorry, once it goes to the thalamus, then the thalamus projects to the the, um, the you know motor cortex areas, for example, mm-hmm. which then subsequently influences the corticospinal tracts, mm-hmm. um, which are uh, which travel lateral in the spinal cord. Yeah. But it also can go into the um, pontum medullary reticular formation okay. where it can affect um, the descending reticular um, reticular spinal tract fibers. So there, as we mentioned in our episode mm-hmm. a while ago, they're yeah. more medial 
um, motor pathways. Yeah. Does it go to other pathways that are involved with motor function as well? Yeah. So we've also mentioned like a tectospinal tract in the previous previous talks, such as the you know controlling like head movements mm -hmm. and responding to other um, uh, I think the noises. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the substantia nigra pars reticula can have fibers going down towards the superior colliculus, which then influences that tectospinal. Exactly. Pathway. So the yeah. whole point is that the yeah. basal ganglia influences both motor pathways that we're consciously control yeah. and those that we unconsciously control so mm. the, the, the auto you know so the automatic fibers yeah. and then we're referring to sort of the medial motor pathways that travel in the medial part of the spine yeah now so mm. we mentioned about the so the key inputs and outputs yeah let's delve into the actual internal mm. communication within the um, the basal ganglia yes is it true that there are two pathways the direct and indirect pathway definitely and i think that's one of the hypotheses of like um what how the mm. Parkinson's disease yeah. is um, is occurring. So, if you can understand the internal uh, these two direct the direct and the indirect pathways, you'll be well on your way to understanding Parkinson's. Exactly. Mm. So let's talk about the direct pathway first. Okay. So the, there are two key inputs as we mentioned already: the cortex yeah. and the substantia nigra pars compactor. I think um, the input from the cortex is mainly um, glutaminergic, so it's obviously excitatory. But the a neurotransmitter input from the pars compactor yeah so the substantia nigra pars compactor is dopaminergic yeah both of them are excitatory right yes if i'm not mistaken but there are some interesting differences as well there is a bit of an yeah. interesting difference too so with the mm -hmm. direct pathway andy mm -hmm. so the striatum is activated the striatum being comprised of globus pal uh, globus pallidum uh, sorry the putamen as well as the chordate yes what happens then okay so in the direct pathway the major input center of the striatum projects GABAergic neurons to the major output areas, mm -hmm. which is the globus pallidus internal segment and the new, then the substantia niagara pars reticula. Yeah. So you can think of them as a direct pathway because it's directly um, connecting the major input area to the major output yep. area. That's how I remember it yep. as well. And yep. from the major output area, they project inhibitory neurons, the GABAergic neurons, to the thalamus directly. Yep. And from that point on, let's say once at the thalamus, the thalamus would then project excitatory neurons to the uh, said motor cortex area. Yeah, exactly. Mm. This is a really confusing concept and it took me a while to get my head around. Mm. But if you think about it, the direct pathway, mm. the whole entire pathway is comprised of two inhibitory um, mm. neurotransmitters. Okay. The way I remember is that negative times a negative is a positive. So the overall outcome of the direct pathway is excitatory. Okay. But this is in contrast with the indirect pathway because that has some interesting inputs. Mm -hmm. So again, I think the cortex is involved yep. and that releases glutamate onto the striatum, that mm -hmm. part of the striatum involved in the indirect. Yep. What does the substantia nigra do? Is that excitatory or inhibitory? The substantia nigra pars compactor still innervates the striatum, but in the indirect pathway, these dopamine neurons are actually inhibitory. Mm. So yep. um, they, they inhibit the, the action of the... Um, of the striatum and i think that has something to do with gaba the, the sorry the glutamine sorry the dopamine yeah. um receptor yeah and i think I they're d2 so. receptors which are inhibitory whereas in the direct pathway they're d1 receptors yeah. which are excitatory yeah, exactly that's how mm -hmm. i remember it as well yeah so what happens then so from so let's say now you stimulate the striatum where does the striatum project out to yeah so in the indirect pathway they go to the globus pallidus uh externa that's right yeah. yeah and then from the externa it takes a detour to the substantia uh, sorry the subthalamic nucleus mm -hmm. which then projects back into the major output area the globus pallidus internus yeah and the uh, substantia nigra 
pars reticula. Yeah. So that takes a bit of a detour, and that's why it's called the indirect pathway. That's right. Um, in terms of the neurons that connect them, mm-hmm. could you tell us about like whether they're excitatory or inhibitory? Yeah. So from the striatum to globus pars externum, yep. GABA is the main neurotransmitter, and that's inhibitory. Yep. From globus pallidus to um, uh, the subthalamic nucleus, that's also GABA, and that's inhibitory. So it's inhibiting the activity of the substantia nigra. Yeah. And from the sorry, from the um, the subthalamic nucleus is what I meant, and okay. from the subthalamic nucleus to the globus pallidus interna or substantia nigra reticularis which is as we mentioned before are the key um outputs yeah the connection is um glutaminergic so it's excitatory yep. and like the previous pathway mm-hmm. globus pallidus interna and as well as the substantia nigra reticular mm-hmm. all release GABA neurons but if you have a look at the diagrams and it's really hard to describe it with words but if you look at the diagram guys you can just see there are three negative Mm-hmm. Um, sort of neurotransmitter pathways there. And as we mentioned, a negative times a negative is a positive, but we're timesing that by another negative. Mm-hmm. So that results in a negative overall output yeah. if you're mathematically minded. Mm-hmm. And so, as we mentioned before, direct pathway is excitatory overall mm-hmm. and indirect pathway is inhibitory. inhibitory. Yeah. And that relates to the pathophysiology of Parkinson's where you tend to lose, for some reason, some of the direct pathway neurons mm-hmm. and there's more imbalance towards the indirect pathway. And so these patients often present with rigidity, difficulty in moving, initiating movements and things like that. Mm. So that's where the clinical correlate is. Mm. Now, th- we need to also mention that in the striatum, there are also ac- acetylcholinergic pathways. Mm-hmm. And overall, they can stimulate both pathways, um, in an, uh, stimulate both pathways to get activated. Yep. But in certain pathological states, the, it, it favors the indirect more. So in Parkinson's, for example, acetylcholine, for some reason, favors the indirect pathway oh, more than the, the direct pathway. Mm. And in these patients, you can sometimes give anticholinergic agents to help manage the symptoms. Okay. So before we finish off, Andy, let's quickly talk about, we mentioned that, so that's the motor pathways, right? Yes. Let's talk about the other motor, uh, the other pathways that are important yep. uh, as well, very briefly. Yeah, so initially we kind of mentioned that there was, in addition to the motor movements, basal ganglia also plays a role in eye movements, cognition, as well as emotion. Mm, yep. And so that this is because there are four, uh, people have found there are four major channel pathways in the basal ganglia. The motor pathway was what we described extensively above but what makes it different to the oculomotor the um the cognition and the um and the emotional pathway is they just have different areas of input and they use different areas of out uh, they yeah. go to different areas yep. from the output yeah if you're mm-hmm. interested we won't dwell too much on it i think the key from a you know clinical point of view i think the park uh, parkinson's disease is mainly mm-hmm. affected through the motor pathways yep. but if you're interested you know any good neurotext we should explore some of these pathways mm. in a little bit more detail. We'll just know that input and output is yep. different to what and we've described. It, actually, it's not completely unrelated to Parkinson's as well because um, in Parkinson's you get this face mask-like mm. facial appearance yep. and the motor pathway doesn't completely explain it, but if you take into account the emotional limbic pathway as yep. well, then that could possibly explain Good some point. other things. Exactly. Mm. So that's it for this very quick overview of the basal ganglia. Um, if you have any questions or concerns, send us an email. Yep. But yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. See you next time. episode today was put together by our executive producer Gautam and our core editor Cindy. For notes, elective experiences, and much more study resources, visit our website on thecommonrounds.wordpress.com or visit us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. If you like our episodes, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It means a lot to us. You've been listening to The Common Rounds. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.